Yo, 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 yo! <laughs> that was a deep breath before that one. Literally just said, you're the intro guy, and he had to take a deep breath. To, I had to take a to deep take breath to, to make that yo, yo intro. What's up, everybody? Yo, yo. It's a Think Responsibly podcast. It's your boy, A. Reezy. And J. Donnelly. Yeah. I, I'm not cool. It's fine. Um, <laughs> J. Don. My Nelly. name is Jonathan. He's That's the, it. He's the Don. He's the one and the only. I'm the old guy. He's the John Don. He's the resident <laughs> senior of the podcast yeah the 30 year old 31 31 31 old wow 31 years old i'm sitting at a solid 24 so he's oh excuse me yeah this is like a solid seven more years of uh wisdom behind his back i don't know about wisdom he's basically my father wow yeah (laughs) that's uh that's uh, okay seven years old i don't think so well, welcome back to the Think Responsibly podcast, where we think responsibly. If you or don't at know least what think responsibly, <laughs> at least try to. Thinking responsibly means, well, you can go ahead and listen to the second episode of our podcast. <laughs> Basically, means that we're we're open handed. We're coming uh, to to respect ideas from every single angle, from every single viewpoint, from every single uh, way we can, so that we can get a better. Um, awareness of what is actually true and what is real because we want what's real and um, we don't want to just believe what everyone else believes just because it's popular or because (laughs) it's been historically what people believe and if you definitely want more information on that that's our that was the last podcast Aaron and I did yes was last week or two weeks a week and a half ago something along those lines probably two weeks ago but uh, talked a lot about that. Talk. Just go ahead and listen to all the podcasts. If you're starting on this one, it's a great way to start, though. I, yeah. I, I don't mind. Anyway, Especially so, if you're a Christian. Yeah, that's, oh. that's where we're going today. That's where we're going today. We're entering into the Bible today. We're going hard in the paint. In uh, this is going to be, you know, I I encourage you to stay if you aren't a if you aren't a Christian if you aren't a believer. But we are going to talk about Christian ideas today. Um, but last time. Uh, on the podcast, we talked about slavery and freedom yes. and basically becoming a slave to the culture around us, um, becoming um, a slave to the group, Yeah. right? And living free from that is to become someone who is aware that they are an individual, yes. that they are able to make their own decisions and an individual who does think responsibly and can move away from the status quo, from the regular things. Don't, don't go along with the group. You got to question things sometimes. Sometimes you got to swim up river. Yeah, you got to be a freaking salmon trying to spawn. You got you got to be a salmon. That's what we should call this episode. You got to be that, a salmon. But that's, well, that last episode we should But that call can it. be dangerous because sometimes you get eaten by bears. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a big metaphor there. There's a big metaphor. Sometimes just, when you swim upstream against the, against the stream. Yeah. Swim upstream against the stream. I well, said that twice. What's really weird is that in that metaphor, I think the bear is your own pride. Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you might get yeah. eaten by your own. <laughs> <laughs> because you're just like, oh, I'm so against the grain that, oh, wait, now everybody hates me. Yeah. And I'm dead. Because wow. I was thinking that I was such a great free thinker that. I just abandoned all my friends. And, and then you just died. <laughs> anyway, you so just get chomped. we're going to move into a little bit more of that today. We're yeah. going to talk about um, slavery still, being a yeah. slave, 
or uh, in, a, then, in a different way, in a, in different, a different way, way. not being, just in the way we think. Being a free slave, I guess. Yes. And then we're going to talk about uh, an orphan mentality that most of us people have, and it's not just Christians; it's people having like an orphan mentality. And we'll get into like what that means. And the final thing we're going to talk about is being an heir. Yeah. And that if an heir is basically someone who gets the inheritance of their father. Yeah. An heir, they are an heir to the throne if you're a prince or you're an heir to, yeah, the inheritance, the, the money, the house, the estate. Um, you're an heir to all of that stuff. So we're going we're gonna to jump in um, starting with um, a reading of scripture. A reading of scripture in Romans 8. Uh, starting with verse 12. Go ahead, Jonathan. Um, yeah, this has been a, a topic that's been on my mind for a while. Um, and now we're going to talk about it. So this is kind of a jumping off point. We will go off the off these verses a little bit, but it's all kind of leading towards the same thing. But starting in verse 12, this is the NIV. For those of you listening along, you can press pause and grab your Bibles or your glowing Bible, the Bible that charges. And uh, you can read along with us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. It's important. <laughs> Verse 15. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Hmm. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. That's Romans 8, 12 through 17. That's a glorious passage. It, it, there's a lot to a, a lot to dissect in that. We won't get to it all. <laughs> We're not going to go into everything. But um, I think it's important to know that if, as Christians, if we are in the family of God, we do not have to choose to be slaves. We talked about it a little bit last time, but how as Christians and and people, we we do things to avoid the wrath of God. Not necessarily the wrath of God, but the disappointment of God. And God wagging his finger saying, oh, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because that's not really how God operates because yeah. God is love. And love is not shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, We. I think we operate... Um, I mean, I know that I've operated a, a large part of my life on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have lived up to created expectations that I thought God had on me, mm-hmm. uh, which for some reason I could never live up to, that I could never attain. And that that really is slavery. Because it's like... And the I think a problem is that oftentimes you know, the church preaches that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, there's this overlaying thing of like, hey, like there's grace, but don't mess up. You know what I mean? Like there's grace, but like do better. And, and especially like it creates this mindset where, because our view of God is everything. Yeah. It really is because you will live your life how you see God. 
Right. Right. In whatever sense, how you see God, what you look to, what, you know what I mean? Is that is going to be, if you see God as love, if you see him and then you're going to love people, if you see God as, as constantly being a disappointment or constantly being over your head, you're probably going to judge people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you're going to bring people to the same standard that you feel like you're under and you're going to live like that. What's interesting is it like perspective is key. That's a tattoo that I have on my body. Um, it's an I and a key. Aaron made the joke that I need an A, so it's Ikea. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it's it's to indicate that the perspective, the way we see things, the way we view things, is the key to how we live our life. Yeah. And if we see God as a vengeful God, as a wrath, a God of wrath, and not as a God of love, which he truly is, and we read that in the Bible, but whether we take hold of that and... and take hold of it as even a promise, then we we're missing we're missing it. Yeah. We're seeing we're seeing God as this like follow the rules or else God. Yeah. And that's not who God is. And so so as as Christians and I'm not saying that a, a person that has that slave mentality isn't a Christian. They're just holding the wrong perspective and viewpoint of God and maybe that was how the that was how the gospel was shared with them. Yeah. And you know, it's I forget who preached it. One of those hellfire and brimstone preachers from way back in the day, but sinners in the hands of an angry God. Yeah. I forget who preached it. I'm trying to remember, but Dude, I know his name. What's his name? Yeah. Sinners in the hands of an angry God is just a a or else sermon. And it was effective back in the day because of the superstitions and stuff that existed. I think it was in like the 1700s. Yeah. Um, but it like that's not who God really is. Like yeah. people want to preach hellfire and brimstone, but it's like you don't preach hellfire and brimstone because that's not who God is. That's yeah. That's the consequence of not submitting to God, I suppose. But that's not who God is. God doesn't want you to come to him out of fear of what else there is. He wants you to come to him knowing that he's a loving God. Yeah. And and that, that view of God seeing him as this scary, angry person is always going to distance someone Mm -hmm. from coming to him because there's immediate shame when you believe that God is like that. Yeah. Because no matter what you do, it's never enough He's yeah. angry, and then when you do mess up, it's full of shame because you have to come before this God who's going to be angry. And it's completely against, if you read Luke 15, you know, uh, yeah. the prodigal son. Yeah. You know what I mean? You read that passage, and you see God's heart in that passage. It's basically the son totally runs away from his father, and we'll get into it. He was an heir to everything in his father's house, right? Living in his father's house. He runs away. He's definitely not a slave. He, he, he runs away and does whatever he wants, you know, parties it up, you know, loses all of his money and then ends up sleeping in a pigsty. And then he comes back to his father's house and he's just expecting like, oh, maybe I can be a slave in my father's yeah. house. Maybe he'll just take me on as one of his servants and that's the way like I'll get back in his graces or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when the father sees him, he sees his son, runs out to him, right? And immediately, like, holds him and says, like, my son has returned to me. Puts a robe around his yeah. around his body, a ring on his finger, symbolizing that he still is an heir to all, you know what I mean, yeah. to all that the father has. And that that's the heart of the father is, is not, 
he's not angry anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not he's not mad. You know, he he is completely satisfied, you know, in love, like with his children. And I, and I think that changes the whole slavery dynamic. Yeah. So I think that's an important thing. And it it's a really weird thing because there is a lot of shame in our culture. There's a lot of things built around shame in in the culture with we'll just say various types of things. We don't need to talk about anything specific, but there's a lot of shame. And a lot of the times we put that shame on ourselves. Yeah. um, Just saying like, Oh, I fell short. And it's like, God's sitting there with open arms and we're just saying, no God, you can't love me right now because I messed up. Yeah. And it's like, no, don't put God in a box based on you because God is not human. God is not a man. Like God doesn't, God doesn't, uh, promise blessings yeah or promise to act and then not act god said god god is love and god promises love and god says you have grace and you have mercy and grace is for the future of when you mess up and mercy is for the past that you already messed up yeah um so mercy is like not getting what you deserve and god never really gives you what you deserve on the negative end yeah so, so it's like we sit there in our shame spiral and we're sitting there on the floor next to our beds, rocking in the fetal position saying, oh my God, I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. And God's just sitting there wanting to love you. But it's like, no, God, you can't, like I'm praying to you right now, but you can't actually love me. I'm not going to let your, your spirit comfort me in my time of trouble. I'm going to distance myself from you because I feel like you can't love me right now because I messed up. Yeah. And that's just like, oh man, that's slavery. Yeah. It's slavery to to live that way. And sometimes that's because like people don't feel genuine love in their in their lives or in their families. Yeah. And that's why when people say, Oh, God's a good father, there's a lot of people that never grew up with a father. Yeah. And it's like, how do you understand that God is a good father when you've never seen a good father? Yeah. It's like, oh, I've seen good fathers in the movies. Is he a good father? Like he's a, like there's good fathers in a movie? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's better. But you yeah. some people don't have any any reference, point of reference for what a good father's like. There's a lot of uh-huh. daddy issues out there. And it's not just girls, it's yeah. guys, it's mothers, wives, yeah. Everyone. Like there's there's a lot of that. And I grew up without a legitimate father. Yeah. Like my my birth father was was gone when I was in the womb. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I went through that journey to not think that I can't be loved by a heavenly father. Yeah. And it took a long time. It it's going to take a long time for people. But understanding that God is a good father and that there is love beyond what humans can give you. Yeah. You can feel a little bit of that love if if you come to church and you can feel that, that, that grace and that mercy from people. But when you truly begin to experience it from God and you allow yourself to not live in that, in that bondage to shame and guilt and fear and doubt, then we, then we start becoming more children of God and less slaves, like less of that slave mentality. And we start living like, children yeah yeah and children can rely upon their parents you know upon good parents if yeah. it's like you know 
And uh, I was reading this the other day, and it's in Isaiah 30. It said, it says, um, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. Yeah. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever read that before. Like, yeah. But I think my, my version said, like, he waits to be gracious to you. You know, and, and oftentimes we mess up and then we wait to go to God because yeah. we're afraid that he's going to get mad at us. And all the while, he's waiting for us to come to him so that he can be gracious to us. Yeah. So that he can say, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Come to me. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's over. It's done with. Like, yeah. I just want to love on you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that's that's the problem is, I mean, throughout all of history, and, and I mean, you have to look back on how we've created this God, right? Yeah. Is through all of history, man has been creating a God based on their own shame. And circumstance. And circumstance yeah. and their ideas of what was needed yeah. to appease the gods. If you, if, know? if you want to know if you're in slavery to your idea of God, if you can't worship when things are going bad, you might have a false God imprinted in your mind. Yeah. Because God, our, our true God, is worthy of praise no matter the circumstance. And that may not look like dancing and like giving those like head nods yeah. and like jumping around. But you guys we, should see Jonathan right now. <laughs> but we still, we still worship. We are still supposed to worship because if we're worshiping the true God, then in any circumstance, he is worthy. Yeah. In every season, he is worthy. In every season, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, if, I mean, if we're living in bondage to, to being a slave in that way as well, like... That's another part of having the slave mentality is like you're in bondage to the God and the perspective that you've created yeah. in your own mind about God. And I, and I think another, <laughs> another way to tell is what fruit is it producing? Yeah. Because it's like, it's like what is your God if you're living in shame? You know, like if, if, if the, your idea of God is producing a constant cycle of trying to be enough or trying to prove yourself, or trying to be a good Christian, or trying to tell everybody else what they're doing wrong and you're doing yeah. right, which is also just you in you know shame of you're not being good enough when you tell other people what they're not doing good enough. Yeah. You know, if you're if it's not producing fruit, if it's not producing a love, a peace, a joy in you, a a a a, um, a, a contentment in you, a a knowledge of your identity of where you sit with him and the whole idea is that we are perfectly right with god and i think that is what changes that whole slave mentality is that because the gift of god is that i'm right with him always Mm -hmm. there's nothing i can do to take that away because it was a gift that i never achieved right like he gave it to me he gave me grace he's longing to give me grace and it was nothing that i had to do so there's nothing i can do to get rid of that grace like it's there and that produces a peace and a sonship 
That's like, I'm no longer working as a slave hoping to get on good graces with this master who's like constantly whipping my back, you know? Yeah. Like, no, his back was whipped so that, uh, you know, so that so I, didn't have, so I didn't have to feel like I was going to yeah. get whipped if I messed up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like his back was broken to show us, you know what I mean? That, that the punishment has been taken for all of this for all of this sin that we thought like we'd be punished for it's just like no like this is over you know like i'm always have the same countenance towards you and i think yeah. that's something that produces a peace that it, it does surpass all his understanding is that above all else god his countenance towards you never changes yeah. his his idea of you never changes his love for you never changes and and you stop living in in slavery to a master when you yeah. realize that but uh, Kind of moving on to yeah. to the next move on the next to part. the next portion is that Perfect. we are, is that we are children of God and yeah. I, I I mean you hear it said all the time like we are children of God I'm a child of God and it's like but sometimes we live in that slave mentality. What does it even mean to be a child of God? You know, <laughs> it's to be adopted. It's to be adopted yeah. because I mean. We weren't part of the family, and when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we become part of the family. He grafts us into the family, and and it's not it's not just that we're in the family; it's that we are brought into sonship, and and that's like not that's not just like oh we're brought in as orphans to, you know, be fostered into. It's not foster care. Yeah, like it's not foster care, but we choose to live as orphans and not actually as effective children of God. And so we're not called to live according to the flesh. And if we live by the flesh, we die by the flesh and we're not slaves now, but we accept more of our role as children of God. And we're like, I'm a child of God and you're doing better because you're not thinking that you have to pay attention to these. Daryl corrected me. It's like 613 laws or something like that. Not 640. So gotcha. Uh, Shout out, Daryl. Six hundred thirteen laws that the Pharisees that, added. That the that the Jewish people added, or that there were in total. How many were added for nonsense reasons, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> it's it's not that we have to focus on the do nots or the do's. It's like do not do the like a lot of those laws are do not 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 do not, and we're not focusing on those as much anymore living in the slave mentality but we're like okay there's grace yeah. there's mercy like i don't have to feel that crazy shame every time i come to god and i don't have to say like you're not allowed to love me right now because i'm in shame sometimes we go back and forth between those two mentalities though i mean it's still a thing but the the biggest thing in the orphan mentality is that like god's grace is sufficient and people will say that but people say that when they're not living lives of abundance. Yeah, okay. And, and so I think... Okay, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> so we say, oh, God's grace is sufficient for me. It's like, yeah. but is grace all God wants to give us? Yeah. It's by his grace we have been set free to do incredible things. Yeah. To live incredible lives. Like we're not called, we're, we're not given grace so that we may sit there and just be like, oh, I've been given grace. That's yeah. sufficient for me. It's like, no, God says, I've given you grace and that is sufficient. You don't need to do anything to earn, but 
that's not the life I want you to stay in. Yeah. I want you to understand that my grace is sufficient for you. You don't have to work for anything that I give you. Yeah. But now, now go come and live. Yeah. Take action. Live a life of abundance. But here's the thing is there's a feast every day. Yeah. There's a feast every day for us. But in the orphan mentality, what we tend to do is sit under the table and wait for the scraps. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like the slave mentality. Once you start to realize you're a child, it's like, okay, so how do you live in that abundant life? And still, if you are a child, how do you not live in that orphan mentality now of just saying like, I'm hesitant and I'm scared to ask my father for something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's not really my dad or he's not, you know what I mean? He's not really my dad. He's my stepdad or they adopted me. So like, exactly. And so, and I think this is a real problem in, uh, in the church in general is like a lot of people. And I I mean, I see it in just like the people that are around me, you know what I mean? It's like, they, they don't, they're not going for anything. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's a lot of like, talk about how like God is good and then they're not living a life that really speaks of abundance you yeah. know what I mean and no wonder like people look to other people who are actually living abundant lives and doing things yeah. you know you have like all these like rap artists and like you know they're like not as they're living for the kingdom or something like that but they're yeah. they're doing like awesome things it looks like abundance yeah. right and so yeah. obviously our version of abundance might look differently it looks way different but you know what I mean like we're we're afraid to live uh in abundance, you know what I mean? And this is interesting. Um, because we're protecting the image of God that we've built up. Yeah. And, and I think, I think often that also comes from like this idea in the gospel that like, like weakness is like, just like really valuable. And it, you know what I mean? It's kind of like this, like because quiet, quiet yeah. lifestyle, this kind of like, Oh, it doesn't really do much. Doesn't really say much. Doesn't really speak very loudly. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, it's almost valuable because it's like the meek will inherit the earth, even though that's not what meek that's means. That's not the definition. Yeah, it's not the definition of meek anyway. But it's like we live in this just kind of like mentality. It's like, oh, like God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> like I'll live with like this little bit of money that I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like instead of like going after it and making big bills and like actually doing something with that money. <laughs> Make it big bills. Yeah, and like, you know, like open up that big bank like YG says. And yeah. then, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then actually making something happen with some money that you get. You know what I mean? And uh I think we just, we live, uh, we can really live a mundane life, you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. accepting that orphan mentality. And this is, this is something that um, actually Nietzsche says, which is interesting because he's basically the one that founded the saying that God is dead. Um, mm. But Nietzsche says uh, that the, the Christian uh, culture has, he, you know, I, I don't agree with this fully, but it's very interesting what he says. He says that, they, they came up with the idea that patience is a virtue, mm-hmm. right? He says, but the only reason they came up with patience as a virtue is, be, is because people that were slaves came up with that mm-hmm. because they couldn't do anything for themselves. So they said, oh, no, patience is actually a good thing. It's actually good to be weak instead yeah. of going, you being, does that make sense? It's almost like, you know, it's good to be like patient and wait for something because you can't actually go out and do it yourself. Right. Right. And so like, it's almost like we vow like these values that maybe like Christians have adopted where it's like this, like weakness type stuff is like, really it's just because you're still a slave. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you're still a slave. So you think like, Oh, like, no, you know, just wait on God's timing. It's like, that's like such a weak, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's such a weak, no God 
it, the fullness of time has yeah. come. He's put himself in you yeah. to go make something happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm just like, you know. The difference between an orphan and a slave is that you're sort of a slave that just allows yourself in the room. Like, you allow yourself into the presence of God. You're no longer ruled by shame. Yeah. But you're still living in a mentality where it's like, oh, grace is sufficient. I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to, like, you know, mess the, things up. There's or... a few There's a few definitions of meek and, and humble. Humble is being willing to submit to another. It's not... Humble is not, like... I mean, the word is humility, but it's not humility in, like, I'm humiliated because I'm embarrassed because something stupid happened in public. Like, that's not what humility is in the term of being humble. Like, in the term, in being humble, it's like, okay, I know that I'm not the greatest and I'm willing to submit to another authority. And meek is not, like, quiet church mouse in the corner, like, just quiet in the corner not doing anything not being threatening and yeah. and that's what we think meek to be and it's like oh i'm i'm meek and i'm humble and and uh i i yes yes everything yes yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm humble and yeah meek. you let people but, step all over you but the true definition of meek is that you are sort of dangerous and that you have weapons and that you know how to use those weapons but you choose to hold back and you choose to not slash your sword around all the time because that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. It's like you can be a strong and and formidable person but still be meek. Yeah. Cuz meek and humble is knowing that you have strengths and knowing that you can do things but also knowing that there's a proper way to do that. Yeah. And I think when when you start living not as an orphan anymore, you start realizing the tools that are at your disposal. Yeah. Right? You start realizing that you have a God, right? We already talked about you have a God that's for you, that yeah. loves you. You know, so if you start coming in the house and when I'm in when I'm in my house, I go straight into the fridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I'm yeah. in my house, like I go straight into the pantry, I grab whatever I want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like it's mine. Yeah. You know, like I don't have to ask anybody. I'm not like going up to like, oh, can I have some of your food, mom? Mom, mom can yeah, I, can yeah. I eat that? Yeah. Can I eat a can I eat a banana? Yeah, I don't do that. I go <laughs> I go straight into the fridge and I can make whatever I want with whatever we have in the fridge. Right. And sometimes it's ridiculous crap. And, no, but <laughs> no, but uh, you know, someone that is maybe just staying in someone else's house, they're a little more careful with how they, you know, they're not just going into the fridge and taking yeah. everything. They're not just like, you know, doing it. They're like, Hey, like, can I have some of this? Or is it okay yeah. if I have a glass of, you know, I came into your house today and I was like, can I have a glass of water? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's not my house. Right. Right. And, and oftentimes we come into the house of the God in the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, can I, can I do this God? Can I have this God? Is this okay? Yeah. God. And then God's like, this is your house. Go into the fridge. She's like, feast. You're my son. Yeah, I know. You're my son. Stop You're asking. You're my daughter. Stop. Just do it. Uh-huh. Stop and asking me whether or not you can, you know, go into the pantry or get a cup of water. He's like, you want to drink? Drink. You want to eat? Eat. You want to, like, sit? Sit. Like, you're in your house. You this is your house. You want to watch TV with me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but, God. But that's, but that's the thing is in the orphan mentality, we, we sit, 
we have the perspective of God that we have in our head, and it's like I'm an orphan. Grace is sufficient, all that. So, so then the 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 God that we have built up in our head, we're trying to protect. And even though we read the Bible and we pray to the same God and we worship the same God, we pray weak prayers to protect the image of God that we have in our brains. Yeah, and that which is that's boxing God in, yeah. and not allowing God to be who He is. And it's like, too good to be true. Yeah, God is too good to be true. Like, but he's real. Yeah. And we have seen how real he is in our lives. And some people listening to this podcast may be going like, oh, what? Like, God is real? That doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, okay, I've seen evidence of how good God is. Yeah. I've seen God move. I've seen God work. Yeah. And there's people that are not in their heads like, yeah, I, me too, me too, me too. But then there's people that are confused and it's like, that's what we believe is that God is real. Yeah. And God is good. And all of the things that God has is good. And if you were, if you were adopted or you're in an orphanage, like you wouldn't expect good treatment. Yeah. You would, you would just expect to, you know, have your space that you sleep in and get some gruel and like, just eat off of scraps and be and think that it's like oh you don't want to ask for the steak dinner that they're having so you're like do you mind if I have a yeah. Brussels sprout just one because I don't want to ask too much yeah, because yeah. grace is sufficient like don't get me wrong like I'm glad yeah. to be here and not on the street exactly but, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but but just a Brussels sprout wow. because that's all that's all I want because I don't want to ask too much of you yeah. God. Yeah. Who is abundant and loving yeah. and kind and gracious. And so we sit there and we pray these weak prayers yeah. to, to not get ourselves <laughs> disappointed yeah. because we don't want to be disappointed by our expectations. Yeah. And pessimism, pessimism is a weird thing. And we are, and as a group, not everyone, there are individuals that have been freed from this and are living in freedom. And yeah. we're going to get to that next part yeah. soon. But we have this pessimistic outlook and the people that are pessimistic, and I'm one of them that has some pessimism still left that God's trying to dig out and those weeds grow quick. But pessimism is what hurt people do to prevent themselves from being disappointed and hurt again. Yes. They keep their expectations low because life has hurt them before. Yeah. And that's that's the same thing we do with God. You yeah. know what I mean? And I mean, there's been times in my life where it felt like God, you know, wasn't coming through. Yeah. You know, and so your expectations go down for what God can do. You know, your your faith levels kind of get diminished or whatever you yeah. you don't see god do this or he doesn't come through exactly in the way that you thought he would or yeah. whatever and so I, I mean i think that's powerful it's like those those weak prayers it's just like it's showing that we don't actually believe that we have a god that like loves us and cares yeah. for us and like wants to take care of us like if we actually knew like that god was waiting to be gracious to us that was waiting and that's why he says in john he says he says ask and, and you will receive. He says, yeah. anything you ask in my name, you will receive. He's like, and then he says, so that your joy may be full. And then James yeah. says, in James it says, you have not because you ask not. Yeah. You know, like you're not, you're not asking for anything. Like, 
Like, are you like coming to him and being like, I need this food. Like, can yeah. I, like, I want to have like this food or I want to have like this drink. And like, he's like, yep, yep, yep. You're good. You're good. You get every promise yeah. that I've given you is yes and amen. Go yeah. for it. You know? And I think we, we, you know, living in a pessimistic, you know, lifestyle, it keeps you from ever seeing that optimism and that hope. And yeah. again, and you know, one of my favorite pastors says like, we tell people not to get their hopes up. Yeah. And, and he's like, that is so wrong. He's like, the gospel I read says to get your hopes sky high. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be like full of just expectation for God to come through. And you start asking bigger prayers. You know what yeah. I mean? You start, you start asking for like God to impact the whole like nation through you. You start asking for like job deals that are worth millions. And you start asking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you start asking for God to develop you in ways that will make you like have the biggest influence you could ever have. And that that's like, wow, that's. I mean, I'm like learning as I'm talking, but that's how you know, it works. But to, but to ask God, you know, to say, God, whatever your full potential is for me, yeah, do that, yeah. You know, what I mean, not my idea, because it says that He will do more than we could ever ask or imagine. So if I can only imagine a certain height, like to ask God, God, do more than I can ever imagine for myself in my life. Yeah. Whatever that is, if that's like going and being like a supernatural, like genie you know not you're not a genie you know what I mean? but you know to go and just like just just impact people everywhere i go like impact nations whatever or just to like impact my whole workplace like whatever your full potential your idea for my full potential life is i want to live as a adopted son you know yeah. i want to live not as a slave but as that son who's yeah. who's absolutely knows that his daddy wants to love on yeah. him and give him all things and yeah. And that could kind of lead us into the air part, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, building off of that is like, we we can only build what we can build, but with God, we can go so much further. Yeah. And don't limit your expectations based on what you can do, because it's not based on what you can do. It's based on what God can do. Yeah. And so, yeah, we can go into the air part. Um, let me read. The let me third read those, section. Let me read those verses again. The well, air. a couple of them. Uh, verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we can cry, Abba, Father. So interesting thing, like, about the history of, like, the word Abba, which is a, a term for father. It's, I think, Greek or Aramaic or something. It's Aramaic. It's Aramaic. So um, being able to cry Abba means that, like, back in the day if you were a slave or adopted, like you weren't allowed to call the father of the house Abba because he wasn't really your father. But this is saying that we were adopted to sonship, meaning legally binding. We didn't just, God didn't just take us in as a charity case. God brought us in as children. He said, look, I brought you in. You have the inheritance now. Yeah. Like this is a legally binding contract. You can call me dad now. And so now we get now we were adopted, but we weren't just adopted to save us. We were redeemed for greater things. Yeah. And so now we can call God our Father. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh yeah, the guy that brought me in off the streets. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like you weren't just you weren't just saved. You were redeemed. And yeah. I think there's there's a difference between those two words. Like you weren't just you weren't just saved, and now you live in the lower echelon the lower level of heaven. Yeah. It's like, no, 
your in 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 the next verse it says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, yeah. then we are heirs. Heirs, yeah. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Cuz in the Bible it says multiple times that Jesus was the first of many children. Yeah. And through Jesus, Jesus was God's son, fully God, fully man, sent to earth. And now because of that, we are able to be brought into the family of God. Yeah. And now we are co-heirs with Jesus. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. So being heirs has a different this is where this is where true freedom starts to come in. It's like true freedom to to take hold of all the promises that are in the Bible, to yeah. take hold of the authority given by God. I mean, Jesus said, you will do far, like they will do far greater things. The ones who have not seen will do far greater things than even you, Yeah. even me. It's like, wait, hold up. We're going to do greater things than, than you, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, hold on. But now, now it goes from, it goes from sitting there eating scraps and being afraid to ask for even the smallest things to now taking our seat at the table. It's like Jesus is on God's right hand and we're sitting next to Jesus or we're sitting right next to God on his left. Like we're yeah. sitting we're sitting at the table with Abba. Yeah. And living abundantly, taking in all of what God promises us. And we don't have to sit there and and eat scraps. We are feasting, living abundant lives for all God has for us. Yeah. And that comes with so much freedom and power. It's like, look, yeah, I messed up. We're all going to mess up. It's going to be a continual thing. I I like to say don't focus on the don'ts. Focus on the do's and you won't have time for the don'ts. Uh-huh. And that comes from Erwin McManus a little bit at Mosaic in Los Angeles. But... I was just listening to one of his messages and I was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So we're so focused on not doing that we don't make time for the doing, which is doing what God says, doing what, what God wants us to do, which is be in his presence and to, and to graze in his pastures. It's like Psalm 37, you know, Psalm 37 says that. But um, that's where we truly get into being able to say, like, God grants the desires of our heart. But there's a prerequisite for God granting the desires of our heart, and that is that we are in the Lord's presence. Dwell with the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Yeah, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. People just say, oh, God knows the desires of my heart. It's like, yeah, God does know the desires of your heart, and they're evil because you're (laughs) you're not dwelling with the Lord. Because it's not whatever our heart desires. It's when our hearts line up with God's heart that he begins to give us what he desires and what we desire. Because what we desire is what he desires. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just like the completion of the whole journey is being an heir. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you're no longer a slave, you're a son. Yeah. And you're no longer a son who's distant and afraid, but you're like a son who says, Abba. Like yeah. a son who says, you're my daddy, yeah. and this is my house. And then you're no longer just a son that says, Daddy, but you're a son 
that is technically in that day would be like the firstborn son or the yeah. firstborn you know daughter or whatever given a everything of the kingdom right given everything like we said in the very beginning of the podcast everything of the estate everything yeah. of everything that god has is ours yeah you know what i mean all of his joy is ours all of his peace is ours all of yeah. his financial provision is ours all of his uh all of his goodness is ours you know what i mean like yeah like it's it's all ours like everything good in the kingdom is now is now ours and I think, I mean, that's what, a, that's what an heir is. And I, I love that. That verse is insane because it says you're heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. Like mm-hmm. not only like, not only just like heirs to like what God has for us, but literally we're as much heirs mm-hmm. as Jesus is an heir. Like yeah. as much as Jesus is an heir sitting on the, at the right hand of the father, yeah. you know what I mean? That's how much of an heir, like he, he yeah. like specifies, he's like, you're not even like under like the airship that Jesus got. Like Jesus is like this crazy. He's like, yeah. no, Jesus was the firstborn of many heirs. Like he, yeah. like he, you have been brought to the same level as Jesus sitting with him at the right hand of the father. You know what I mean? Receiving all the benefits of the kingdom. And that's, yeah. that's insane. It's like, I mean, I don't really know how to like comprehend that all that in my in my head yet. I don't think we ever will. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's something to, you know, to ponder, you know, on and say, okay, God, if if what you have is mine as a son, then it it's no longer just like even an asking thing. You know what I mean? It's more like a God's gonna come through here. Get it? Like yeah, like I'm gonna go get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm gonna go do it because this is mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, li- but let's qualify that a little bit because living as heirs means we are in the presence of God constantly and we have God with us constantly. So we're never going to get it on our own, but we're going to get it with God. Yeah. And being, having that freedom is just incredible and having that peace and knowing that you can take refuge in God when the, when the difficult times do come and knowing that like David, you know, I was telling the youth group kids that, I, that I'm pastoring, like, there was a psalm we were going through, I think it was 57, but it was, it was just like David praising God and then complaining about his problems, but then praising God again. And it's like, that's what, it, it's okay to complain, you know, but just remember who God is and stick with God through those hard times. Um, and that's kind of what the, the end of those verses say a little bit. It says, um, we are co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his grace or glory. Glory. Yeah, share in his glory. So we, that's, that's an encouragement saying we're co-heirs with Christ. Yeah, we're going to suffer. Yeah, there's going to be some hard times. Yeah. But we also get to share in, in the glory of Christ when we're living as heirs and when we're saying like this is still difficult but I'm still going for it yeah when like I went I did something stupid but I'm not going to it's not a oh we have freedom to sin more that grace may abound it's like no I'm still trying to not sin but in trying to not sin I'm not focusing on not sinning what happens when you try to focus on not throwing up like you throw up and it just <laughs> and it's just torture because you're just like, oh, I don't want to throw up because everybody hates throwing up. Um, I love it. Uh, liar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like when you're trying not to throw up, the thing you think about is not throwing up. 
You don't think about other things. And it's like when you're trying not to sin, you just think you're just thinking of the sin. Yeah. Rather than thinking of the God who can deliver you from the sin. Rather than taking that authority and saying, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Oh, sorry, Satan, you gotta go. Like there there was a point when I started stepping into this into this mode of airship and sonship where I would kind of mock the demons that were sent to tempt me. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, first of all, Satan is not attacking you. It's not Satan because you're not important enough for Satan to come get you. Satan can't be everywhere at once. It's a, de- it's a, it's a demon. And so I just like trash talk. I just started like trash talking the devil when I'm being tempted. I'm like, hey, you're going to have to try harder than that. This guy ain't strong enough. <laughs> and so, and then, like, I just trash talk the devil a little bit in the name of Jesus. And then I just start praying. And it's like, that's so much freedom just knowing that I have the ability because I have Jesus within me. And I have the authority of the name of Jesus on my life that I can speak and the darkness must tremble. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have the spirit of the living God in me. Yeah, and you have the authority and the heirship of, of Jesus. Yeah, and we'll, we're definitely going to talk more about authority. Um, I definitely want to talk about... That's a whole nother topic. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a whole nother topic. We'll get into that. But, I mean, that that but comes just, into a new level. I think these all these all build on each other, right? Yeah. So you, you get out of slavery to the culture around you, you know what I mean, which we talked about last episode. Yeah. You know, you come into a realization of an individual, you know, you come into sonship with God, mm. you know, and then you move into, you know, not having an orphan spirit as if you were still not a son, even though you are a son now, mm-hmm. then you move into heirship. And then because of that heirship, you realize that if all things that are yours, then you have the authority of God too. Yeah. And then you could actually start shifting atmospheres and making things happen and changing people's lives and, and understanding what's inside you. And we'll probably talk about authority in a different episode. But yeah. but the, the greatest thing about being an heir and taking in that mentality and being a true child of God isn't that we're walking around a house that we don't believe is ours. Yeah. We're not living a life that we don't believe is ours. Yeah. And we're living a life that we take hold of because that's what God promised us. God didn't promise us a meager existence where we live as second-rate citizens in his home we live as first-rate citizens in his home and in his palace and in his throne room and we have full access to everything god has for us and the early in john in john chapter 2 it says that like jesus had the full power of the spirit with him and we have that same spirit we don't think that we do and it's like we have full access to the same spirit Jesus had. Yeah. We were baptized in the same spirit that Jesus was baptized in. It's only us that prevent ourselves. And we need to stop putting limitations on ourselves because when we put limitations on ourselves, we box God into a corner and we say like, oh, this is all God can do. But God is not, is not held back by anyone. Yeah. He's not held back by anything. He can be and and will be anything that you need him to be because God is who he says he is. We are not, we need to allow him to be who he says he is. Yeah. And God is sufficient for everything. Not just grace and, oh, 
don't need to ask for anything else because grace is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And grace is enough, so I don't have so I don't have to do anything. But there's so much more to live. There's so much more abundance to live in. Yeah. And in Exodus, when Moses is at the burning bush and he says, Well, who do I say sent me? And what is God's response? I am. It's like God is everything we could ever need. Yeah. Greater than anything we could hope, ask, or imagine. God is all of that encompassed. It's like, are you are you down? Like God's your anti-depression pill. Yeah, you don't yeah. need the anti-depression pills because God is that. Are you anxious? God is the solution to your anxiety. Yeah. Are you feeling unloved? God is love. He can't help himself but to love. God is faithful. He can't help himself but to answer your requests. So stop. We need to stop praying the weak prayers. We need to stop worshiping based on our circumstance and allow God to be who he is. Because when we're going through a hard time, what's really funny is the people that allow themselves to worship in the hard times, they often find the solution to their difficult times in worship. Because when you worship God for who he is and you worship God based on who God is, then you find a peace and an understanding. And God, while you're ministering to God, God ministers back to you. And just living that way and knowing that God is. Yeah. I am. It's like, God, I'm really going through it. I am. God, that person doesn't look. I am. God, I'm really stressed out about my family. I am. I'm your solution. Yeah, it's good. It's like, God is. That's a whole other message. I am. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, just understand that God is who he says he is. All your promises are yes and amen. You are faithful through and through. Like God is everything. And when we truly step into that mode saying like, okay, God is father. God is dad. God is always going to be there for me. That's when we are heirs. That's when we're living lives of abundance. And that's when we live what Jesus said we were going to live in John 10.10. I came that they may have life, not just life, because, you know, orphans have lives. But that you may live abundantly. That you yeah. may walk freely in the house. That you may walk freely in the kingdom. Yeah. And that you can be anything because God is good. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, that was good. Um, well, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> we hope you think it's good. <laughs> yeah, we hope you think it's good. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hope that gave you guys something to think about on your own. Um, yeah. I mean, if you guys have any questions... At underscore think responsibly on the Instagram. On Instagram, at underscore think responsibly. Go yeah. ahead and slide into our DMs. We would love your Ooh, love your questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope that this uh, this week until our next podcast that you live, um, that you live free as a, a son, as a daughter, as a uh, no longer have an orphan spirit, as an heir of God just having everything that is in his house which is good like jonathan was saying that that he is and that he is everything you need um cool well that was fun that was sick love you guys have the best time listening 
to and have, thinking about it and after. thinking. <laughs> I had the best time thinking about thinking. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>